I want you to turn into Luke chapter 22, and we'll start with verse 31. I began this year with a quest of wanting to study the movement of the early church as it began in Acts. And so I began at that point reading the book of Acts, but including the rest of the New Testament in chronological order. There are those who have put together that kind of uh, Bible reading so that you can take a letter that Paul wrote and put it approximately where it was written in the middle of the book of Acts. And you can actually read the New Testament that way. You can read the whole Bible that way. There are Bible, several different versions of it that are all similar. They may have a slight difference of opinion on the chronological value of an event, but, uh, but they're very similar. And it, it helps me. I'm, I'm a story person. I love to hear stories. I love to tell stories. I, that's just who I am. So I like to read the Bible like that. So I would encourage you, I've done this from beginning to end. And there's, a, there's actually a paperback $20 Bible that you can go get that takes you in chronological order. It's one of the easier versions to read. And you can read it like a story. Before, uh, before each juncture, they have a little paragraph that ties the historical events together. And you read it like a story all the way through in chronological order. So uh, some of those books, you know, actually have, were written at about the same events and times in the Old Testament. And so they mesh them together. It's, it's a, a fascinating way to read the Bible. And so I'm doing that from starting the, the early Acts and including all the letters written, uh, and I'm studying the movement of God in the early church. But once I got started, I realized that I was probably not going to fully understand this movement without understanding a couple of people. Uh, both the Apostle Paul and, let's back up, the Apostle Peter. Because Peter was identified from the very beginning of choosing disciples. He was identified as one who, who would be uh, uh, trained and would be called to the front to take a lead. It's almost as if God, through Christ, decided to give us an example we have 12 disciples, and yet there's one who is in the middle of not only the stories of the rest of the disciples, but all of these personal encounters. I gave you a stretch of that in the spring as I was studying it and calling us all to a place of leadership. And so we looked at how does Jesus make Peter into a leader? And there are 14, from my count, 14 personal encounters that Jesus has with Peter. And that's just not true. He, I'm sure he had personal encounters with other disciples. But that's the one that's given to us as an example. That's the one that's put in front of the whole world for the rest of eternity. Or while we're here on this earth, that's what we're reading. That's what was given to us. And so Peter was chosen for uh, a, a task that 
I'm not sure any of us would want to be chosen for. And, and I say that because, number one, all of his idiosyncrasies, his failures, his faults were laid out for everyone to see for the rest of time. You know, I'm, I don't know what he sees or doesn't see, but my goodness, we're all talking about Peter's failure here and his fault there. And, you know, for the rest of eternity, everything about Peter's just laid out in front of us. Well, it's there for a reason. It, uh, Jesus is actually showing us how he works in our lives, how he, how he and what he is after, how he goes after our hearts. Uh, and I would challenge you to study this a little more deeply. I would challenge you to study how Jesus did it. How did he embrace Peter? How did he confront Peter? It's not the way we think. We usually portray that uh, in comparison to our own fathers or whatever examples we've seen, and we think, well, that's the way God's going to confront us, or that's how he's going to work in my heart. Go, go read what Jesus did and what he didn't do. I mean, there are things he didn't do that just bother me sometimes, you know, and, and yet it's how he decided to work in a person's life, often not saying anything, waiting for that person to step forward with the right question or the right answer or the right heart attitude, sometimes walking by a, a, a horrible circumstance and waiting for someone to say, I need you, wait, stop. You know, these, we don't usually look at Jesus that way. We want him to show up when we, when we open our mouths. I would, I would challenge you to, to go through and actually take a little deeper look at how God works and how Jesus worked in the life of his disciples, Peter specifically. So that became uh, a quest for me and it's almost, I could, if, if I could just take the time, I could sit down and write a book because, because it's in my heart and I see it. Um, I, what I'm going to do as a part of this series is I'm going to show you um, this place in Jesus' discipleship relationship with Peter where he always seemed to call him to a higher place, and it always required Peter to go to a deeper place. There were junctures. There, it was a process. There was this confrontation, and then that one. And then over here, Peter had to go deeper than he had gone back here. And, and then the next time, it seemed like, you know, he was going under for the count. You know, I Jesus was always leading him to a deeper place. What we need to see about Peter is that he had opportunity and almost walked away more than once. He had opportunity to reject and say, no, I don't accept that. He did that several times, and Jesus straightened his thinking out, and then he jumped in, you know, full steam. But he never actually walked away and didn't come back. He never actually completely threw in the towel. The, the quality of Peter was that he always eventually listened, embraced, answered, and responded. He always eventually came to the place 
of realizing what was right and then taking the step of obedience. And so, um, so we're going to use Peter as the example as we learn what it means to go deeper. But that's not really the point. We go deeper for a reason. We go deeper because there is a higher call. Day one, Peter is um, meeting Jesus, not because he wanted to, but because his brother, you know, pulled him over there and said, you need to see this guy. And Jesus immediately calls him to the higher place. You are Simon, but you shall be Cephas. Gave him a new name before he even introduced himself and said, you're this, but you're going to become something. There is a higher call. I can't tell you what it is because you won't be able to handle it. But there is a higher place for you to live. And if you're willing to follow me now, Peter had to fill in these lines. Jesus didn't say that. All he said was, you are, but you shall be. And then Peter filled in the lines in the days ahead. He is calling me to something higher. There's something higher in my life that that goes beyond what I'm currently experiencing. It goes beyond my current desires. My my desires, and listen, what you're going to learn, this is what I learned in my study of Peter It was all about Peter's desires. It was almost 100% about the desires of his heart. And Jesus sometimes would wait for him to get that. He would wait for Peter's heart to line up before Peter could learn something. It was always about Peter getting his desires right. And that's what this was. He was, if you will, he was putting the carrot out in front of Peter. You are, but you're, you shall be. There's something you can't see, and uh, I can't even tell you what it is, but I'm going to lead you. If you're willing to follow me and look to me and keep your eyes on me, you're going to become that person. A few weeks later, he comes to Peter and says, strategically, launch out into the deep. And it, at this point, they're not following Jesus 24-7, it's just part-time, go with him, come back, get back to work. And they were out doing their fishing business all night, caught nothing. What you're going to discover is that in every encounter, in every encounter that he is, where he's calling him to a deeper place, there's some kind of crisis, event, problem, or just something overwhelming. It might even be good, but it's so overwhelming and beyond comprehension that it calls you to the higher place. Sometimes it is hell on earth. And this is what we find in Luke chapter 22. In Luke chapter 22, um, in verse 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And uh, of course, you know, Peter said, I'll do anything for you. I'll go to prison. I'll die for you. And we know the rest of the story. This was yet another confrontation. Now, he had had several leading up to that. When he launched out into the deep, you know, they were, they were in a crisis with their business. 
and weren't catching anything. And yet Jesus said, well, I can do that for you. And they had all that fish. And he said, bye, uh, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Peter actually walked, almost walked away at that moment. He was overwhelmed by the glory of the Son of God. He couldn't believe what he had just seen and said, Lord, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Usually our own insecurities will stand in the way. But what Jesus was after was a deeper commitment. So he, he brought them, them to that place. He used the confrontation of their own business, having a difficult time, but he comes to them and says, says I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with another crisis. I'm going to call you to a deeper place of commitment. And so they not only did not depart from him, but when he said, when he said, there's a higher call, here's how he said it. I'm going to make you fishers of men. When he said that, something happened on the inside. There was a higher place in his life that forced Peter and the other disciples, the ones that were with him at that time, not everybody was there yet. And Peter, James, and John, they forsook everything and they followed him. They had a moment of deepening their commitment. It will always come to this. I don't know where you are in your life with Christ, but it will always come to this. He will use everything. He'll use the circumstances he may have arranged. He'll use the circumstances the devil has arranged. He'll use the circumstances that you have gotten yourself into. And he'll use the circumstances that other people are putting the pressure on you for or causing in your life. He will use all of those circumstances to call you to a higher call and a deeper life. The disciples came to that point and said, we're going to forsake all. We don't deserve it. We feel insecure about this thing. Uh, We are sinful men. but We cannot say no to what we're hearing. And so they answered a higher call and took the plunge of faith and literally left their business behind them that day. They had to take action on a deeper life. What is that? It might be little things that we do, but there's always an identifiable response to the call to a deeper life. That's why I've given you that sheet to fill out. That has all to do with your time with God. But in in our lives, there's always a deeper call. And you can, you can, uh, I don't want to use the word bet, (laughs) but you can be sure, you can be sure that whatever you're going through, heaven is going, here's a good opportunity to call you to a deeper place. Here's a good opportunity for you to be called to a higher place, which will require a deeper place. And so ask that question, stop and ask the question, what is God saying? What's he calling me to? What's he asking me to consider here? What do I need to change? I'm being called to a deeper place. I'm being called to a higher place, but it's going to require a deeper place. And so what will I have to do to allow this deeper place to happen?
because I want the higher place. And then Peter comes eventually to this day. He had some others. You know, there was the, um, the time, I'll eventually get the scripture. There was, there was the time where he, they was called to a deeper place of revelation. The people who were hearing Jesus teach were in a crisis. They didn't know he was the son of God. They were calling him Elijah. They were calling him John the Baptist, you know, or one of the prophets. And Jesus came to his disciples and says, who do you say that I am? And Peter, by the revelation of the Father, Jesus said, said this. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. There is a, there's a, a higher call in our lives to the place of revelation. So first I said commitment, now it's revelation. There's a higher call to a place of revelation, of hearing God's voice, of knowing more about him, of, of being revealed, him revealing himself to me. There's a, there's, this is a daily call, but there are moments where God is saying, all right, I mean, we're walking together on this level, but if you're willing, if you're willing, we're gonna, I'm going to call you to a higher place where you're going to see me in a way you've never seen me before. You're going to know who I am more deeply. You're going to discover parts of who I am that you've not experienced before. And I'm going to use this scenario in your life to draw the question, to cause you to open your eyes and to see. It's going to require for you to go a little deeper. So you're going to have to do some things. And I, I could make a list. And you know what? Most of us could make this list. I don't even want to say them because, because if I do, you're going to say, oh, if, if I fast, then, you know, then this is going to happen. And I, I, I want to say this to you. You know, this, I'm, I'm going to call on your maturity a little bit here. You know what the practical things are. You can figure that out. God can lead you, answer the call that he's calling you to. What discipline or what step of obedience or what thing do you need to change about your schedule and your time? There are practical things involved always to go to a deeper life. It doesn't just happen because you say, yes, Lord, I'll go to a deeper life. Lord, I feel the emotional move in my heart to go to a deeper life. Yes, Lord, I'll go to a deeper life. That's, that's not enough. That's, that's good to make a decision. But now what are you going to do? Because that deeper life will always be measured by some step of obedience that we've taken. And so he calls us to a higher, a higher level of revelation. God is revealing himself. And he's revealing himself through his word. He's revealing himself through others. He's revealing himself through circumstances. He's revealing himself through prayer. Always, you know, affirmed by the word. But God is always revealing himself, and he calls us to a deeper place of revelation. We should never be satisfied with our current level of knowing him. And so he's calling on a place of revelation, a deeper place. So what will that take? It may take a little more study. It may take turning the television off. I mean, I don't know, but, but there's a call to a deeper place of revelation of him. And if, if you're... If you're you know, if you're, if you're laying on the side of a road with a bicycle next to you with your knees scraped and wondering why you are at this place in your life, maybe it's because you stopped pedaling. 
Maybe it's because you were on a journey and you decided to coast and you forgot what to do when you stopped. I'm not saying you're experiencing the problem because of that. That's where most people get off. I'm saying God's going to use everything in your life to bring you to this place, to say there is more. Have you ever ridden your bicycle without holding on to the handlebars? There's more. There's more that, that, than you're used to, and so you're going to have to make some changes. There's a higher place that requires a deep. There's a higher place of commitment. You know, do a little evaluation of yourself. And, you know, this might sound a little harsh, but now evaluate yourself. Are you spending time with God? Really? Are you in fellowship? Are you committed to the body of Christ or not? I mean, that's, that, those are, these, are the, these are the questions of commitment. Are, are you actually committed to uh, sharing your faith or being involved in outreach in some way? You know, what, 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 is, what is the level of commitment in your heart to God on a daily basis, from month to month, year to year? Where are you in that level of commitment? Where are you in that level of revelation? And then comes the place of self-denial. Jesus was pretty hard on Peter. Peter rebuked Jesus for saying he was going to the cross, that he was going to die. Jesus looked at Peter and he said, get thee behind me, see. There's a moment here, and that's, that's a long sermon. There's a moment here where Peter was being called to a place he did not understand. Here, in a similar setting, he comes to Peter and says, the devil's asked to sift you, sweet. And the in-between line is, and we didn't say no. And he said, I've, I have prayed for you and that do not reject your faith. And Peter, when you return, strengthen your brethren. This is a, this is a high place requiring a very deep call. And Peter went through some days here, a few days, of having to face his own failures his own uh, faults, his own depression. Peter came as close to giving up as Judas did. Didn't do it. Peter had to face the hardest moments in his life, some of, and yet came out on the other side, by the way, with a chase of Jesus after his soul. Jesus came out of the resurrection on the day of the resurrection, had a personal, quiet, lonely, nobody knows what happened encounter with Peter. It's mentioned twice in the scripture. Jesus chased after him on that day because it's what he's after. 
He knows what we have to go through, but he also knows what he's after. He's after the higher call. You know the end result. Peter ends up being uh, one of the most incredible men of all time. But that last step was one that was pretty tough. It was the call to self-denial, the deep place of self-denial. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross. That's what it means to follow me. It will always require self-denial. It will always require a step of discipline to say no because you're saying yes to something higher. That's something also that I see here that I've tried to learn in my life and continue to learn is that, is that it's never about just saying no. It's always about discovering the desire for the higher call. The desire for the higher. That'd be a great book title, wouldn't it? The desire for the higher, because that's really the key to saying no to anything, to denying anything in your life that you need to deny. It's going after that higher thing. Peter was learning this over and over. Um, I uh, was beginning to realize yesterday that this sermon's been planned, and I, this was not, I mean, I was moving toward this in my heart and was not even thinking about uh, Carol's experience being so relevant here, but boy, is it. Um, back in de- see, December 1st of last year, Carol was, she had a deadline for a book with a book company. The book is called Refined. And uh, she had a deadline to finish her writing by December the 1st. On November the 3rd, less than 30 days before that book is finished, she is diagnosed with cancer. And so uh, she is going through that and coming back every day to continue working on her book, on a book called Refined, okay? She's at the last chapter, writing the last chapter when this happens. And, uh, and the Lord spoke to her pretty directly and others affirming and confirming that, that what she was going through was, was going to write the last chapter of the book. And so Carol uh, dove in like crazy. You know, this, anything like this, you know, uh, uh, being diagnosed with cancer will greatly challenge one who has a ministry called Just Joy. You know, sometimes when, um, when uh, sometimes because of the title of that ministry, people think that Carol means just happy, and not not remembering that she she started that ministry out of five miscarriages. It's not about the happiness that comes because you've learned how to avoid circumstances but it is a joy that goes deeper than anything you could possibly imagine. It has nothing to do with circumstances or our emotions or anything like that. It is the joy of the Lord. And, and that joy is always, I mean, it is, the price has been paid for that joy to be mine. And so Carol had to dig deeper. She had to go deeper, and I watched her as she went through this, digging deeper 
and studied the book of Job. That's a fun book to study. And just discovering a deeper place in her life. She went through a mastectomy in January. The book is being released September 15th. And this summer, after trying the medications they wanted her to be on because of her estrogen issues and their concern about the cancer coming back in the other breast, and so they finally said, look, some people just can't go through this medication, so we're suggesting you have another mastectomy. So here it is, the 22nd yesterday of August, less than 30 days again, before the book is being released, she's going through this. Now, listen, that was not God saying, I'm going to do something to you to refine your life. That's where we always get it wrong. This is about God saying, we're going to use this to bring a refining in your life. Are you willing to accept the call to a higher place that will require a deeper life? That, that, is, that, is, that is what he's taking us through when we're going through what we're going through. It's always about going deeper. And by the way, I didn't do this for, but I should tell you, you can go online and pre-order, but it comes out on the 15th of September. Refined, finding joy in the midst of the fire. Let's stand together.